mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? Turning your Bibles with me to John chapter 14. We're going to be beginning this morning in verse 22. And if you'll remember with me, we have been in the upper room, what's typically called the upper room discourse, at the end of this chapter, which I hope to get to today. We are going to go out of the upper room and through lower Jerusalem, through the grape vineyards, and across and out across the brook Catron, and into the Garden of Gethsemane. Sorry, I'm trying this mouth out. It's a new one that I've just taken around the block. If it works out, it'll we'll keep it. Um, it's supposed to be a joke, but my mouth wasn't working right. I couldn't even say Catron, the brook Catron. I couldn't even say it. Isn't that weird? Sometimes when words don't work. Uh, it's just not coming out of my mouth. So now we're in the upper room, though. Uh, if you remember in 13, he instituted communion. He told them uh, to love one another, a new commandment, love as I have loved you. He told Judas he couldn't go now, as he had told the uh, Pharisees. And Judas, or excuse me, uh, Peter, he told that. And Peter's freaking out. Why can't I go now? Uh, I'll die for you, lay down my life for you, which is what a lot of us will say in the flesh. Flesh says a lot of things that it cannot perform. And that's why we want to walk in the spirit. Flesh will keep you afraid. Flesh will keep you in your own strength. Flesh will cause you to pretend. Flesh will make you a hypocrite. Flesh will continue to draw you in and, and, and you'll think, well, I'll get better later. I'll do better later. I'll just keep living in my flesh, and it's worked so far. Listen, it's not working. Salvation is about the Spirit. And if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Salvation is about the Spirit. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Listen to me. Because the next chapter, when he opens up, he says, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And, and he is the provision for the flesh, for the sin nature. He's the provision for all the religion and all the things that's happening. He's saying, believe in me, God has sent me. And if you trust in me for your spiritual well-being, and you can be married to me as your kinsman redeemer, betrothed to be finished in heaven, you will have a position in the spirit. But practically, you still have this flesh, and you have to choose to allow me to be your head. You have to choose to allow me to teach you a new language. You have to choose to understand that, that there's something different going on. 
that you can't live this life married to me in the flesh because no flesh is going to inherit the kingdom of God. And salvation is about an inheritance being returned back to us that Christ has come to give us. He as being the firstborn gets a double portion and he gives us one of those portions. And there's evidence of whether the Spirit of God is alive in the child of God and leading the child of God because there's always going to be fruit in a marriage. There's always going to be fruit. Fruit of the womb. We're supposed to be bearing fruit and that fruit is supposed to be fruit that are worthy of repentance, changing our minds. Now, I know we talk about this every week. I don't have a new message. Because your relationship with your husband is personal. Just like your relationship, if you're married right now with your spouse, it's personal, it's private, but it's lived out loud by the Spirit of God if it's being done according to the kingdom of God. And so Jesus tells us, that we don't have to be worried, we don't have to be troubled, we don't have to be afraid that the Father has done everything that He said He was going to do in the Son. And now the Son is going to send us the Spirit back, which is married to our spirit. See, our spirit was upside down. Our spirit was in sin. Our spirit was inherited through Adam. But now we get a pure, perfect, holy godly spirit the holy spirit which is actually holy spirit is hagios pneuma so it's so it's a it's a it's where we get the word saint from so we want to be saints and there's only saints and ain'ts listen to me if you have salvation you have an s on the front of your ain't now and you have a you're a saint and you now have the spirit of god that comes and camps out in your heart and dwells in you and begins to become your head from the inside out and if you listen to the Spirit of God, you're married to Christ, there will be fruit. You will be able to see it, to clearly know it. It'll be obvious that that person is living according to the Spirit and not according to the earthly, central, demonic wisdom of this world. Listen to me. When the Spirit comes in, a life changes. But it's just like, you know, listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. Let me back up. Listen. When a person gets married on this planet, listen to me, husband and wife, they get married. The two become one. Now there's a choice, though. Now there's a choice, though. Is the husband the head or the wife the head? Listen to me, because this pans out in the spiritual realm. Are you the head of your salvation? Are you leading your salvation? Are you pretending your salvation? Or does the Spirit of God lead your salvation into these, the, the, these truths that are in the Word of God as you're being conformed into the image of God for the glory of God? Because you're learning His language. It's a language of heaven. It's a language of love. It's a heart that lays down their lives. The Bible is very clear that man came first. He was the head. And then woman came out of the side of a man. Not because the woman is less, but because the woman, woman is protected. The woman is, is being protected and washed and cleansed and provided for perfectly. And then we have this world comes along and men don't do their part to lead. Men don't do their part to lay down. Men don't do their part to love. Men don't do their part to look up so that they can take care of their families. And then we get a, a, a messed up picture of the kingdom of God. 
And so quite naturally, since a woman is capable, she begins to lead. It's the same thing in religion. When you're following the spirit of Antichrist in religion, you begin to lead Christ and you reform him and make him in your image instead of surrendering to the work of the Spirit of God, to the washing and cleansing of the Word of God, and learning the language of heaven, we change it to fit what feels good to our flesh because we want to be in control of our destiny. But that's not salvation. That's not being betrothed. If you love me, keep my commandments. What happens then when I draw near? If I love you, then... The Father will send. He says, I will pray the Father. He's doing that right now. He's an intercessor. He's seated at the right hand of the, of the throne of grace. And he sent the Holy Spirit back. And the Holy Spirit is here in the world. Convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment. And when you receive that conviction and you believe that report and you change your mind, he comes and lives in your heart. That's the earnest money. That's the down payment. That's the guarantee. That's the sealing of you that you say, I will, I do. And you're married to your spirit, married to the perfect Holy Spirit, God himself, third person of the Trinity. Listen to me. And when you're married to him, now you say, and I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my address. I'm changing the house that I live in because he told me I don't have to worry anymore. He's a perfect provider and he's got a new dwelling place in the heavenlies for my spirit so I can trust him and everything that he's doing. He's telling me now so that I will believe him and continue to trust him, not guess, wonder, or worry. And John actually tells us that in 1 John 5, 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the Son of God that you may know, gnosko, you may have intimacy with him and continue to believe in the Son of God, in the name of the Son of God. Listen to me. Marriage is what it's all about. Betrothal. And God hates divorce. Yet we can't come in and go, okay, I get it. I got this figured out. I'll make up my own mind. I'll do my own thing. I'll get my own job. I'll live my own career. I'll make up my own spirit. I'll do my own gifting, what I want to do, because I want to be the boss. When it's really complete surrender. If you, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that means completely humbling yourself to the lowest place completely lowering yourself not just looking out for your own interest as he said as paul says over in philippians but looking out for the interest of others concerned about what's going on with others laying down your life completely god was perfectly content to be in heaven and he came down and laid down his life became lower than the lowest servant washed feet he washed the walk so positionally, you have a place by marriage, but practically, we already know that our lives are messed up, and we can pretend instead of grow. Listen, we can pretend instead of grow, and he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Let's just go back to our text, and we'll move along quickly, because I got a lot of material this morning, but we need to understand that if you're married, then you have a place, you have a position. It's a new dwelling place in heaven. You have a new house now. You're not living down here, and everything's about the spirit. It's a spiritual God, a spiritual kingdom. It's a spiritual world. It's a spiritual life, which makes me have questions. Don't you have questions then? Look what Judas, not Iscariot. How would you like to have that as an epitaph? 
This is uh, uh, 1422. Judas, every time you see the word Judas, he shall be praised, not Iscariot. See, you can't praise God the way Judas Iscariot did. He said, I'm married to God, but he was more concerned about the silver and gold, and he went out and it was night. You cannot be a praiser of God, one who loves God and is married to God and lived the way Iscariot did. So every time you see his name, sadly, even in the commentary that goes backward before he did it, it says Judas, not Iscariot, for he was the one who betrayed the Lord Jesus. So if you're pursuing still in your heart your own way, not God's way, not following, led by the Spirit. If you're pursuing the silver of this world and you have your own plans and not the silver, which is, stands for redemption, what Christ is doing, being led by His Spirit, then you're essentially teaching your heart to betray Him. Listen, I'm not saying you don't have salvation, but if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What did Christ do? He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill it, not to do away with it. Well, how are we filling up our house? Pleroma. That's a, it's to fully furnish. How are you fully furnishing your house today? Is it by the Spirit? This is his whole point here. I've given you a new place. It's a dwelling place. I'm, it's being built. It's really your heart. It's a place that the Spirit's going to live. And that the Spirit's going to come in and do home makeover. But you have to surrender as the bride. And realize you're not the head. See, our, we're, we want to be the head. We want to come out of the womb being the head. No, mine. See, and we do the same thing in the spiritual realm. Oh, I learned a little bit of Christianese, and now I know what's right, and I know what's wrong, and I can't believe he said that when he said that, and he did that when he did that, and we become a judge of the word instead of a doer of the word. Oh, I know, I've been through it all. I've done it all. I was a child. Now I'm not a child anymore. I'm trying to grow and mature. I can still do childish, stupid things, and I can still do them in the spiritual realm. Because I still have this flesh with me, and it's a choice. But think about it. When you get married in the physical, and the two become one, is it there's still two single people? And you still have a choice? Do I want to make a home with this person, and us have a home together and a life together? Or do I want to keep having my own life over here, my own bank account over here, and my own plans over here, and my own things over here? When the two become one, there becomes unity. There, become, there becomes a real home where you can build a family and teach the family to be one, teach the family to be involved. And this is the plans of the family. This is what God's doing. Believe me, I'm walking around in my house. I can start bawling right now because the two became one. I'm going to start crying. And there's nothing like ripping that apart. So how could the Father feel if we say, I believe you, and we continue to resist and ignore and to quench and to grieve and go on chasing the world in idolatry and chasing silver and gold and letting that be what fills our hearts up instead of the Spirit of God taking the Word of God and filling you up for the glory of God and you learning to speak the language of love and you learn to put your hands and your feet to the, to the power of God and do the service of God for the glory of God. Becoming like the husband is the whole plan. But if the husband is messed up, the family's going to be messed up. So that's why the enemy attacks the husband. That's why the enemy attacks. That's why it's so important. Listen to me. 
It's so important that it's the Spirit of God that protects the Word of God. The Spirit of God that teaches you the Word of God. It's so important that the helper comes alongside to help the husband. That's why it's so important that the wife is the first one to come alongside. I want my husband to know how to lead my family. I want my husband to know how to take care of my family. I want to know that my husband's leading me in the right way in the family. You believe in me, believe, you believe in God, believe also in me. Do you believe in God, really? Uh-huh. Do you trust God, really? Uh-huh. I got all the right answers. Then you can believe in Christ, the provision for the sin nature, the provision for the flesh, the provision for your death, that He can give you life. And then He says, if you love me, then keep my commandments. That proves, that's the evidence, that's where the fruit comes from. But that's not all of it. If we love him, then he's going to come to us. If we believe him and we begin to repent, he comes quickly. Just like the prodigal son. When the prodigal son comes to his senses, he's out with prodigal living. He's out blowing his money, wasting his time, living and saying, I got this under control until he's eating the pods in the pig field, the pig's food. He's eating the vomit. He's eating the, the food that pigs will eat anything. And he comes to his senses only by the power of God, only by the Spirit of God that was with him telling him, your father's got a mansion for you. Your father's got another dwelling place. Your father has everything under control. Your father is a perfect provider. And he said, I will go to my father and I will be a servant in his house. I don't deserve to be his son. And what happens as he goes, his father comes running running make sure you keep that word in your mind because we need to be redeeming the time this is not something we just go ah, i think i'll ponder this a little bit longer i think i'll just mull it over and think about it and maybe i'll begin to become the husband and the leader maybe i'll begin to become the woman of god maybe i'll begin to walk out my salvation and listen to the holy spirit listen if you have not the spirit of god you're not a child of god and if you have the Spirit of God, it'll be obvious by the things that you pursue. Are you perfect? No, but you're pursuing things. And it reveals your heart by what is coming out on the outside. It reveals what's going on on the inside. What am I pursuing in life? See, because Jesus left us here with his Spirit married to us to finish the work of redemption of souls. And if they follow you, as you follow the Holy Spirit, will they make it to heaven? Are you being washed and cleansed? Are you spending time with your husbandman so that you can reflect to others what your husband looks like? What your God looks like? What the King of Kings looks like? Oh, we all fall short. That's why we have to put our feet back in His hands. And let him keep washing and cleansing us. It's not a finished work. It's a progress of work. It's a progress where we're continuing to walk, continuing to run. We're learning to get better. But make no mistake, we have to have our heart turned toward home. He's not going to leave us orphans. Because he's a good father who's provided a perfect savior. And in that perfect savior, that perfect savior... We see in the text, who's, his father's greater than him. 
What? I thought they were all one. Yeah, but right now, see, he's in the flesh. See, he's 100% flesh, 100% God. But the Spirit of God is 100% God. Doesn't have the flesh to hold him down. And the Father is 100% God. Doesn't have the flesh to hold him down. But Jesus came, became a little lower than even the angels so that you and I could be saved. So right now, at this moment in time, till he is restored to the glory, chapter 17, where he was before, the Father's a little greater. Even the time of when he's coming is in the Father's hand. He doesn't even know it right now because he's a little lower so that he become like us so that we can become like him. But the only way that can happen is if he became flesh. And the only way that we can become like him is if we listen to the spirit that he sends back. We obey the teacher, the one who is guiding us and leading us out of this fleshly life and into a spiritual life so we can see the spiritual realm perfectly even when other people can't see it. Even when other people say, what are you talking about? Where did you get that? It's because the Spirit of God is the teacher, not the flesh, not the man of God. The Spirit of God through a willing vessel. So let's look. Judas, not Iscariot, 14.22, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Dwelling place. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Example, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, flesh, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, my character, nature, authority, will, he will teach you all things. Calculator, how much is all? And bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. All the word. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Indian givers, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He never takes it back. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming to you. Back is not in the original text. If you love me, you will rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, before it happens, that when it does come to pass, it will. You may believe. Trust me still. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me but that the world may know that I love the father and as the father gave me commandment so I do arise let us go from here father we pray that you would help us to understand this battle that we have with the spirit and the flesh and that you would wash and cleanse us and change our desires so that all that we do would be to be like Christ and obey your commandments that you sent through him. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for paying that price for us so the penalty is gone and we can freely run this race and choose to follow you. Lord, give us a desire not to follow the world 
for the world's systems that's underneath the sway of the wicked one. Pour out your spirit. Baptize us afresh and anew for your glory for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. So he says, how will Judas Iscariot 22, again, not Iscariot, how, Lord, kurios, how, Lord, how are you going to do this? Don't you, don't you get into places in your life and you're like, how's the Lord going to do this? How are you going to get me through this? I have no idea where I'm going. You know what the only idea in my life right now that I have is? Is that I'm going to do the natural. That's the only idea I have right now because I know that God's way is the only way. And everybody's going through storms. God's using them to burn out the dross. God's using them to test you to see if you're going to remain in the way with him. Not being afraid, not being troubled, not freaking out, not running to the world for help that's underneath the sway of the wicked one. Notice in the text, the Lord's going away, sending the Holy Spirit. He's coming again, he told you. But he also says that the evil one's coming. See, the evil one's allowed to come. And you know what he did? He took Jesus even, even the Lord of glory. He took him up on a high mountain and said, and showed him all this and says, I'll give it to you if you'll follow me. See, that's what happened with Judas. Judas decided he would follow the silver. He would follow the money. Isn't that what you do if you want to know what's going on? Follow the money? Isn't that the clever saying that the world has? Listen, I don't care where the money's at. I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. He can show me the spiritual realm. The devil can only show you, will only show you the physical and tell you, I'll give it to you if you'll bow down and worship me. But Jesus reveals the spiritual realm. And he tells it to his friends so that they will believe. And when these things come to pass, you won't be afraid or troubled because you already know what God's doing. Listen to me, this is really simple stuff. Takes a lifetime to learn it, but it's really simple. It takes the Spirit of God and a moment of time for it to be revealed to you. But you have to be willing to say, I'm the bride. He's the head. He's the Savior. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You have to be willing to repent and change your mind and stop thinking that you can stick your chin out and you'll get through this. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. It'll be okay. See, faith is about trusting him and it grows. Faith grows as you trust him because you see him come through. If you don't trust him, you never see him come through. If you don't go through anything, you never have a testimony. You have to be tested. And all he's doing is trying to show you the evidence, the fruit of your heart, so you will know whether you've been listening to him or still listening to the world. Because he wants you to know it before you leave this planet. Because when you leave this planet, it's too late. It's, it's appointed for man to, to die once, and then comes the judgment. Judicial consideration as to whether you are married to Christ and therefore you have life eternal or whether you're still married to the world, to the devil, to the liar. Where, what is your heart pursuing today? There will be fruit in your life of it. 
There'll be fruit. You'll see it everywhere in your relationships. You'll see it in where your checkbook is spent at. You'll see it in how you treat people. You'll see it in how you love. You'll see it in the wisdom that you apply to life. You'll see whether you're living in the flesh or walking in the spirit. Nobody's doing it perfectly, but we need to be doing it practically or we're being sucked in, we're being cheated, we're being spoiled. The devil is allowing us to self-deceive ourselves because we're not becoming a doer that will listen to the Spirit of God with the Word of God so that we can be washed and clean for God to be prepared as the bride who is betrothed to God and will be married to Him in heaven. And the millennial kingdom will be helping Him rule and reign as the bride. Not as the head, as the bride. When we see him, we'll be like him because the two become one. That's what this is all about. To walk with God daily. See, we've been restored even now to what Adam and Eve were in the garden daily with God. If we can see into the spiritual realm. It's a daily walk. It's a daily. What did you say, Lord? I didn't hear you. Hey, come here. What's your name again? Are you serious? This is what you did this for? This is how you did this? But see, or you can be so busy in the flesh, you're like, uh, wait, talk to, the, talk to the hand, not to, not to the face. Talk to the hand. I don't have time for that right now. You're not the boss of me. You're not leading me out. I'm okay. I like it down here. I'm enjoying this. This is fine. It's okay. What is this? Is this pastor joking? Is this, is this some type of a, a, of a con job to get my money in the tithe box? Listen, wake up. The Spirit comes to those who change their mind and seals them. And then what happens, Greg? Well, as you listen to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit comes and gives you gifts and talents and abilities and begins to make you more like Christ. And then what happens, Greg? The Spirit keeps coming and He gives you more things to be faithful over and more things to do. And He continues to transform you by the renewing of the mind so He may prove with the fruit and evidence that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But it's up to you to surrender and say, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the devil is showing me. I'm going to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is my reasonable service. And I'm not going to be conformed to this world anymore, but I'm going to be transformed, metamorphosis, into a new creation of God, His bride, His betrothed, His child. His workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. By faith, by the Spirit of God, as we walk by faith. So Judas's question is pretty amazing, really. How are you going to show yourself to us? Manifest is the word. Anybody ever work in a shipping department and you have a manif Manifest. It tells you everything that's in the box. How are you going to open that box and look at the stuff in it and not let everybody else see what's in it? Because it's a spiritual walk. 
It's a spiritual life. So here comes a spiritual teacher that shows you spiritual things that are only revealed as you draw near and surrender and he manifests himself to you, but somebody in the flesh doesn't see the same thing. Well, that's not the way I look at it. That's not the way I see it. Well, that's because you're looking at it in the flesh. And you, you might be a child of God, but you're still living in the flesh. You might be a child of God. I don't know because the evidence isn't there. And you can tell a tree by its fruit. But you might be a child of God. That's a hard place to live where you only learn when you get to the throne room which way you're going. When you can know it now, you don't have to guess, wonder, and worry. You can have assurance by the fruit that you bear because you're listening to the Spirit of God, led by the Word of God, doing the work of God, and laying down your life now so that you can have an inheritance then in the heavenlies. So it's actually a great question. How did he see that in the text? Well, you were looking for something that fleshly fed your mouth instead of looking for your daily bread. Listen, this is something that's so simple. Some people want to be in power. Some people want to be the authority. And that's not what the bride of Christ is doing. It's not about a movement. It's not about a church. It's not about all those other things that the world wants you to do. That's why you can't. It's a living organism. You can't build it as an organization. You can't make up your own rules because you begin to add to God, and that makes it impure because it's a fleshly adding. All you can do is surrender to and get in the water and dip seven times and allow Him to wash and cleanse you until you're complete. So the question is amazing. But think about this for a minute. They don't have the spirit right now. They're following an earthly teacher. They're following a religious system. These disciples have been called from the back of the line, and they're still in the mindset of all that they've been taught their whole life by a religious system, not by a God who died for them and is their relationship and wants to marry them and give them a hope and a future. So their mind is still set on physical will you at this time restore the kingdom he's died and rose again and they go will you at this time restore the kingdom that's all they're worried about and he says no no he didn't say it like that he said no i said it frustrated because i'm a man he said it's not for you to know the times and and seasons that the father has put in his own hand but what is for you you shall receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you why? Why would I receive power so I can go out and I can conquer? No, so that you can be a witness for me, a martyr. That's one who dies for their faith, so that you can become a witness. Where am I going? Throughout Jerusalem, teaching peace. Judea, praise. You guys getting the picture here? Samaria, the mixed. That's Babylon there, Samaria, mixed, all mixed up. And to the uttermost parts of the earth, to everyone. It's a whomsoever gospel. So we've been given the Holy Spirit. But when you have the Holy Spirit now, He reveals things to you that others don't see. When you walk in a room, listen, when I used to walk in a room, I mean, I was a criminal. I walk in a room, I look for exits. When I walk in a room, I, I size it up. I still do it, but I have to resist it. I walk in a room, I put my back to the wall so I can see the doors. I used to make myself sit in the middle of the room with everybody behind me at restaurants because my flesh reacts to everything else that's going on and I can't focus on the person. 
But now in the spiritual realm, when you walk into a room, the Spirit wants to show you somebody that's down, that, 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 that needs saved, that needs an encouragement. The Spirit wants you to see the things that the Spirit is working on, not what you're working on. Who can get me ahead in this world? Who can give me some advantage? Who's going to pay for my meal? Listen, the Spirit wants you to understand that God's already got all that. He's going to provide for all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Or you can keep making your own plans, deciding what you're going to do and figuring it out for yourself and walking in the flesh and ending up afraid, ending up distressed, ending up always wanting, always mad, always bitter, always thinking somebody's holding you down because you're a victim. That's good old-fashioned garden with Adam and Eve. That's not salvation with the Lord of glory who's already done everything for us. See, faith is we understand if we're going through it, that God's protecting us and training us and teaching us. And that just like with Job, the only thing that can happen is what God has already allowed. He put boundaries on it in order to train you. He's already taught you what you need to know. He's testing you to see if you'll be able to stand up under the boundaries. And all you have to do is stand. Everything's already been done for you. But if you're standing, your hands, your feet, your resources, your life belongs to him who bought you with his blood. And your decisions should be made by his spirit, not by your flesh. Your choices should be coming from his spirit who is leading you. Oh, this is real easy to talk about. That's why he's the Lord of glory. He came and did it. The father said, hey, let me have a conversation with you, son. I need you to go down there and get them. Keep my commandments perfectly. Lay down your life completely. And then I'll get you back up out of the grave. Huh? You see it in Genesis 22 when Abraham takes his son for a three-day journey. And that son doesn't argue. He says, all right, son, grab this wood. And they're going up the hill. He's carrying the wood. What's dad got? Dad's got a knife. First place that worship is used in the whole Bible. 22 chapters in. And he says, we're going to go. Me and the lad's going to go worship. And on the way up, the son goes, hey, hey, dad. I see the wood and I see the knife. Where's the sacrifice at? And it's him. It's Isaac. And his name means laughter or joy because it's joy that is set before him. And he lays him on the altar. He doesn't argue, hey, Dad, this is getting really strange. But he's already obeying completely his head. He's completely obeying the Father because this is why the Father is the head. He perfectly provides and since Abraham's heart was totally set free to do the natural and obey God, the voice comes again. Abraham, Abraham. Huh? Yes, Lord. Here I am. Don't lay a hand on the lad. For now I know you fear God. Because he was willing to obey. It was a test. But it was also a picture that the real father in heaven would come down with his son and his son would die on that same hill 
That's awesome. So he told us before it happened so that we might believe him afterwards. Do you believe him? It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How do we become like God? We listen to his words. How do you become like the doctor? How do you become like the lawyer? How do you become like the landscaper? You go listen to their words and you practice following their instruction. And they make you an apprentice or a disciple and teach you how to walk in their path. And then they pass it on. You want to be like God. You want to be like Christ. You have to listen to his voice and walk with him. Let him walk daily. But just like this, he wants the spirit to be the one leading. You can't go out in front and go, come on, God. Got this under control. We're going to go save the world. Come on, God. God, come on. Where are you at? I'm going to go sit down until you're ready to surrender. Man, it takes a lot for some people to surrender. So how are you going to do this, Lord? Well, you know, the real question is, is not God's ability. The real question is, is are you going to obey? God's ability, he can do all things. The power is not God. The love is not, there's not a problem. He laid down his life. The real question is the other side of the question. What are you going to do? Are you going to, by faith, believe that God can do this? He'll do it. He's always done. He cannot lie. He's always done what he said he's going to do. The real question is, is are we going to be like Judas and pursue the world? Or are we going to be like Christ and obey? And he gives us his spirit to do that. He gives us a choice to do that. So Jesus 23 answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, it's a whomsoever gospel, anyone, he will keep my word. He's repeating, if you love me, keep my command. You'll guard it. You'll protect my precepts. You'll obey them. You'll, 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 um, let me look for it. Keep it from loss, guard it from loss or injury by keeping your eye upon it. And figuratively, it means to keep unmarried. Don't marry anything else. Well, how can I marry anything else? You start listening to its counsel. You start listening to what it's saying. You know, if you work a little harder over here, I will take care of you. You know, look at this. You can have all of this if you worship this. You can have this if you obey this. It's another voice telling you that there's more to gain if you do it in the flesh and pursue that. Well, God, see, listen, God, Greg, you're, 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 you're messing this up because, you know, when you have the spirit of God, God still wants you to live in the world and you still have to go out and work and make money and take good care of your, your kids and buy nice cars. Really? then why did the Son of Man not have a place to lay his head? Why did foxes have holes and birds have nests? God provided for them, right? But the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. He wants to lay it in your heart. His power, his strength, his might. He wants you to be the one that goes out. He wants to live in you and you in him. 
But when you give your heart to those stains, not, listen, there's nothing wrong with having stains. But when you give your heart to those stains, you're worshiping those stains. You have to be willing to let those stains go and them not control you. But what happens is the more stuff you got, the more it controls you. So if you don't have Jesus on the throne of your life, it's really easy to get cheated and spoiled and drug away worshiping something else, thinking that it is more important than Jesus. That's why you have to have your daily walk. That's why you have to have the Spirit of God leading you. That's why you have to know when it's good to give somebody something and not give it to them because you have to treat people the way Christ would treat them. And He knows what's going on with their lives. And if all you do is put a pillow underneath their head and all you do is give them money and all you do is take care of them and all you do is pretend... Instead of listening to the Spirit of God, you're not helping people at all. You're hurting people. There's plenty of people Christ walked right by and never healed them. Oh, we're not, we don't have all the rec recording, but I know that it happened. We give him one, the lame man sitting by the temple gate, begging alms. Jesus went by him every day, three times a day. Never did heal him. He left it for Peter and John to do. Listen to me. Don't let somebody give you a twisted, twisted, earthly, sensual, demonic picture of the gospel. Have a personal relationship with God. Then you know him personally. And no matter what Greg says or anybody else says, you'll know whether that's what God's calling you to if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that'll give you peace. That's what this text is about. But if you love him, keep his word. Well, how can I keep his word? Well, I got to learn it. I got to at least get in it. Well, no, I'm too busy at work. I can't get in the word of God. Well, the spirit of God can't show you what the word of God is saying and can't draw it out of your heart unless you draw near first. Submit to God and resist the devil, flesh. Your flesh is controlled by the devil. And he'll draw near to you. And you, or you draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. It takes an act of your will, a change of your mind, of what things you're going to draw near to, what you're going to submit to. What do you really think is important? If you really believe in God, then this word is going to become the most important thing. Even before your spouse. But too much, honey, can even mess up too. You need to be careful because you have to take care of your spouse. If you're the husband, you're the leader. If you're the wife, you're the helper. Boy, that's a hard one. Since we're so far away from the kingdom of God and so close to the coming of God, the world has gotten really dark and everything's flipped upside downward. Why? Because Christ came in and turned it over. He turned everything over in your temple. He flipped it over and said, get this out of here. You've made my father's house a den of thieves. And he wants to chase it all out and clean it all up so it'll look like his father's house that you're dwelling in and not look like the world. It's not a bad thing when he flips things over. It's not a bad thing when things get broken and broke and you go, man, this is crazy. No, it's God. He's washing you. He's cleansing you. He wants you to get your eyes fixed upon these stains and not the world stains. Yeah, but I got to take care... No, you get, a, you get to take care of, and you can't do it without the Spirit of God. 
But I got to go. You get to go, and you can't go without God. But I got to, you, listen, it's the same thing. Get up and run out of your house without God, and you're going to be in trouble at the heart of your Christian walk. Get up and chase something in this world without Christ there to give you wisdom about it, and you're going to be in trouble. He's the husbandman. We're the bride. We're betrothed. We're following. We're helping with the house. We're telling people about our husband who died for us. And if we love him, we'll keep his word. We'll listen to his voice and obey him. And he does it with the Holy Spirit now who leads you through the word, leads you through the world, leads you out of this place and into heaven. He'll always reveal to you the door, the way, the path, and he'll convict you and convince you if you're not doing the right thing because he's here to help and to wash and cleanse you. It's not for salvation. It's because of salvation. Listen to me. It's impossible to be sanctified and become like Christ and be the bride of Christ unless we surrender to Christ and listen to the Holy Spirit. Oh, you can say, I love God. But the fruit's not there if you're not keeping His commandments. Well, I don't know what His commandments are. Well, they're not burdensome. They're easy if you listen. They're light. He'll do it for you. All you got to do is be willing to surrender. It's His work. It's His kingdom. You're His bride. He provides perfectly. It's not Adam. Adam did it wrong. This is the second Adam. This is the Christ, the God of the universe. He knows how to do it. My goodness, listen to the voice. If you were in a house burning down and it was a fireman, you'd listen. I don't want to die. Do what? Get real low. Okay, I'm getting real low. I'm going to humble myself. Do what? Place on fire. I can't breathe. Breathe from heaven. Listen to the oxygen of God, the Spirit. Okay, okay, we're going out of this burning house and we're going to go into fresh air. Oh my goodness, this is good. That was so cool. You came in there and I heard your voice and man, I was led right out of that burning house. I was going to die. Why won't we do it with God? Don't you want to breathe the fresh air of, of heaven? Don't you want to walk around at peace with God? Don't you want to walk around knowing? If you really want to help somebody, that's the only way you're going to help them. Is walk in the Spirit. You're never going to help anybody walking in your flesh, panicking in your flesh, screaming in your flesh, making up your own ways, teaching people to put mustard on it because it's burnt. Oh, I, that's what I learned as a kid. Mustard stops burning. The stupidest thing on the planet because it seals in. Oh, put Vaseline on it. You're burnt. Oh, yeah, that's a real good one right there. I had to put something on there, petroleum, that'll hold the heat in. That's a good one. But see, as we learn and grow, we learn what we're supposed to do. I'll pray for you. You know, you need to read the Word. You need to get in prayer and fellowship and surrender to God. That's all He ever says to me. What do you want me to tell you to do? Put mustard on it? It's the only answer. God is the one working on us. God is the one that's working us to will and to do for His good pleasure. God is the one that's leading us out. God is the only one you should trust in, not man. It must be by the Spirit of God, for the glory of God, because it's a spiritual God with a spiritual kingdom. It's a spiritual walk. It's a spiritual life. If you've seen it, it would no longer be spiritual. It would be physical, and it would probably hurt you. You can't walk by what you see. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders gained a good testimony. Isn't that amazing? I've got a pretty good testimony. No, you don't. You're walking in the flesh. How do I know? Because you just said you had a pretty good testimony. That means you ain't humble. See all this stuff about stay humble. I'm like, you can't stay humble. As soon as you think you're humble, you're not humble anymore. You can stay low in a fire so you don't get burned. Or you can follow earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom and die. I'm sorry. I'm just rattling. Let's get back to the text. What happens if you look at this interaction of a relationship? That's why marriage is 100%, 100%. That's why God's 100% man, 100% flesh. He came down to marry us and bring us back into the family of God. Marriage isn't, well, if you do the trash, I'll do the tub. Now, there might be some of that going on in marriage. But marriage is the two becoming one. One flesh. It's the hardest thing on the planet. Both of you raised in different places. Think about it for a minute. Christ was raised in heaven. He's perfect. He's a holy God. We were raised in hell, in the grave. We were raised in the fire. We were raised down here by the flesh. We have an inheritance from Adam. And here comes this perfect God. Really hard to say, okay, I'm going to listen. But what happens if that happens? Look at what happens. Not just sealed, not just the earnest, not just a guarantee. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep, he will guard, he preserve my word, what I'm saying to you, and my father, oh, your father's going to do something, will love him, and we, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, will come to him and make our home with him. Listen. Why did I say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the Spirit isn't mentioned? Because that's how He does it. His Spirit comes into you, and that is the Father. That is the Son. These three are one, but it's a spiritual life. It's a spiritual walk. It's a spiritual kingdom. So when the Spirit comes in, all three of them are in you, making their home, their dwelling place with you. And it's eternal in the heavenlies. It's not, it's not a mansion. It's more about how it's done than what it looks like. Because it's a spirit, you can't see it. But you can sure tell if somebody's walking in the spirit or in the flesh. Notice that. God comes and lives with you, makes his home with you. The two become one. When you get your heart set up on keeping his word, obeying him, in a house if you if you don't have any heart to obey the leader of the house if there's not a leader it's in a company it's in anything that you do there has to be authority because god put authority on the planet and if you don't listen to authority and everybody's the authority you have the days of judges where everybody does what's right in their own eyes and there's no king at all see that's what the religions are being put forward right now there's no real truth that's your truth everybody can just believe what they want to believe well, then there's nothing except death. Because if you don't believe that God created the heavens and the earth, if you don't believe that God came to save you, if you don't believe in God and also believe in his provision, then you're going to die. Because there's no other Savior coming. 
and he ain't going to come make his home with you if you continue to ignore his word, reject his word. Listen to me. That doesn't mean that you're not saved. But flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Only your spirit. What are you doing with his word? Now see, if he said, whoever gets the most money gets to go to heaven, we'd have some physical stuff that we could be chasing after and looking at. But what he says is whoever surrenders, whoever listens to my spirit that's teaching about my word, and you begin to guard it and protect it no matter what the world says. See, we, we lock up our silver and our gold and we put it up in places, and you know it's going to be worth nothing here real soon. You're not going to be able to buy a loaf of bread with it. Thieves break in and take it. You can't protect it. You don't know what hour he's coming. But what are you doing for your soul? Well, I'm just being a good provider for my house. And I got to work on Sundays. I'm sorry. I didn't say anything about Sunday. What are you doing with God? What are you doing with his word? You'll reorganize your life if you're doing something with his word, with his commandments, and you have the spirit of God. Because the spirit of God's not worried about the, the, the things of this material world. The spirit of God is here to get souls. The Spirit of God is here to find people who will draw near and listen and obey and guard and protect the Word of God. The Spirit of God is going to come and take people real soon. Because we're getting ready to wrap this up. That's why you see such activity and you can see it clearly. Even a physical person can see truth. But that doesn't mean they have the Spirit of God. I don't have time to finish this message. So you're trapped. Let's keep moving. Do you, want, do you want your home to be with God? Do you want your eternal dwelling place to be with God? Then you have to guard his word today. It, it, and listen, that's not for salvation. He's saying, if your home is with me, if you really have the spirit, that's what you'll do because that's all the spirit's doing is taking everything to Jesus's word, what God, the word that he came and he's getting ready to tell you it's not even his word. He's getting ready to tell you that he was faithfully doing it by the Spirit of God because he received that command from the Father. It's the Father's house. So he came down and was an example of a son who obeyed the Father and was led by the Spirit of God just like we have to do. And when we begin to draw near that way, not perfectly do it, they come and make their home with us and they give you more power, more strength, more talents, more gifts, more abilities. You see that when you see in Genesis and you see the father, Abraham, send the head servant, Eleazar, the Holy Spirit, to get a bride for the son, Isaac. And after she says she will go, she was given more gifts. After she begins to follow, she's given more gifts. And she makes this long journey through mountains and all these things that's going on. And you never hear nothing about her, but you hear about the son. And you see him. The Holy Spirit will lead us into heaven. And, that, and see, those are, you have to have spiritual eyes to see that in Genesis. We're going to go there in a minute in chapter 18 and 19 of Genesis. You can begin to look there if you'd like. I want you to see the battle of the spirit and the flesh because I can't finish this. Let's go. Where are we at? 
He's going to come. If we begin to draw near, if we begin to protect and preserve and let the Holy Spirit live through us, they'll make their home with us. And 24, he who does not, he goes back to the diminutive. If he goes to the other side and says it clearly, this is the third time. If you do not love me, you do not keep my word. Listen, what are you keeping today? What are you guarding? What are you protecting? Listen, that's all I got. You want to know what your heart is? What is it that you protect the most? What is it that you are keeping the most? What is it that you have your heart set on the most? Is it God's word, God's ways, God's will? God, that, that, that's the litmus test right there. And if you're not turning your heart toward what he said, then you're still listening to some other voice. And you're still keeping and guarding that. And it's probably steeped in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the boastful pride of life because you still think I have something to prove to my neighbor instead of loving your neighbor. Yeah, but if I don't, t- if I don't tell them right now, then they're always going to walk on me. That's the world. If I don't show them I'm tough, that's the world. You love me, keep my commandments. Love others as I has loved you. We'd never be saved if Jesus loved the way we love. He wouldn't have let him put him on the cross. He had all the power of the universe coursing through his body. All he had to do is speak legions of angels. In fact, he'd still be alive. If we love Jesus the way that we think love is today, he'd still be alive. We'd protect him. Pillows under his head, guards all around him. He was eternal, so you couldn't kill him. He'd still be alive. We'd be like, who's that guy over there? They're all protecting. they got millions of armies around him. If he dies, the kingdom of darkness won't be defe- or will be defeated, so we've got to keep him alive. So what happens in your life? If you keep Jesus alive, the Spirit of God alive, and he's on the throne of your life, the spirit of darkness is defeated in your life. The Antichrist is defeated in your life. The lie is killed in your life. The light is on in the room, and you can see everything clearly by the Spirit of God. But it's funner to walk in sin. Well, it's fun for a season. Lends in death when it's full blown. It's going to end in death. And then he says there in 24b, and the word which you hear, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God is not mine. You ever do that? Yeah, I did that. That was me. Yeah. Did you see what he did? Yeah, that was me. I told him. <whistles> nope, nope, no. Nope. Here's humility. It's not his word. It's the Father's word. He's got a message that was given. He's got a command he was given. And he went and he did it by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the example. He's the plumb line. He's the one that perfectly obeys the Father and then gives us his righteousness. But he wants us to follow his example. And we're going to fall short miserably, especially if we do it in the flesh. But if we allow the Spirit to lead us, we can do it perfectly. It's not mine, but the Father who sent me. He was one sent. This is not apostello. This is not the word he was sent is, is the word uh, uh, dispatch. It's the word pimpo, P-E-M-P-O. I, I have to think, I'm sorry. Is that where we get the word pimp? That sends women out? I mean, because the devil takes God's word and he, and, and he obliterates it with darkness and death. 
And then you have this man who's the pimp, and he sends out these women to make money for himself. The, the Greek word is pimpo, P-E-M-P-O. And I'm like, my goodness, my brain just goes there. I have to think, is that where they get? They call somebody a pimp? Because that's what the devil is. He's pimping all the. He's pimping anybody that ain't listening to the spirit of God. He's sending you out for his own gain to do the work of darkness. You've been taken captive. I don't. I'm gonna keep moving. I got well, so much to go here. I was gonna take you and read eight and nine of Proverbs, which is the wisdom chapter. And then wisdom has built her house. See, the house is built. All we got to do is come and surrender and live in it. It's finished. I was going to take you to 18 and 19 of Genesis, which I want to, but it's going to, how do you do five chapters of a Bible in one setting as much as I talk? Only in four hours. That's the only way. <laughs> okay, so he clearly tells us that he was sent by the Father. The Father gave him instruction, gave him commandment, and he comes and perfectly relays it to us and walks it out. And then he says in 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. While I'm in the flesh. He's in the flesh. But the helper, the spirit, the, 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 the saint, Hagios spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name according to my character, nature, and will. He, the Holy Spirit, he's a person, he's God, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now he's talking to them personally because he's spoken it out loud to them, but everything that was said was written down, right, in a transcript? It's written in a transcript. And now you and I can read it. And when it's in our heart, now the Holy Spirit can draw it out and tell us what it means. He can teach us what it means. He can give us instructions about it. I remember when I went to get my, my uh, uh, criminal record expunged. See, because we're in a jury room. We're in a courtroom. And, and, and everything that's said in a courtroom, they have a transcriber that writes it all down. Shorthand. Typing it all down, Right? So everything that's been said in the grand courtroom that we need to know is in this transcript here of 66 books by 40 authors. I went to file to get my record expunged, and guess what they said? Uh, what'd you get arrested for? See, they didn't know the charges. They didn't know anything about it because they already put it on some microfilm and put it in a closet 30-some years ago in a back room, and they have no idea what I'm even petitioning about. And I go, well, I got a transcript of it. I'll bring it to you. And so I brought them the big transcript of a three-day trial, and I throwed it on their desk, and I said, there it is right there. I confess it all. See, this is what God's saying. He knows everything we've ever done. There's a transcript about it, and all he wants you to do is change your mind and confess it. They had no idea what I had done. Many people don't have no idea what you've done, but God knows everything. And there's a transcript. And everything is written down. It's all going to be recorded. Nothing to be hidden. But you can have your record expunged as if you never done it. But we always walk around. See, they put a little caveat on mine because of the nature and the, and the, and the violence of my crime. They said, listen, we're going to do this. We've never do this, but we're going to do this. But we're going to have to just put a little check mark on yours because we want people to know, the police to know, 
that it was expunged. Others, they just expunge them. You won't even see it on the NCIC. But they put mine a different way. They had to. And see, that's what's going on. We know we're perfect in Christ. But you want to remain in a place where you know there's none righteous. And anything that you have come from Jesus, not from you. It's not because of what you've done. It's because of what God has done. And that's what I told them. I said, I, I, I really have no concern whether you do this or not. I just want you to know what Christ has done in my life. And, and, and I've walked that out in front of you. Everybody in the courtroom knew my life, my testimony. I'd shared Jesus with every single one of them. And I just want to give you a chance to change what a teenage boy did uh, just like God has done. And you can do that or you don't have to do that. And the judge said, well, we're going to do this, but we don't normally do this. And he said, what do you think, prosecutor? And the prosecutor is during COVID. He wasn't even there because he's got no place in heaven. There's nothing in him. The prosecutor wasn't even there. And I'm not picking on the earthly prosecutor. He was on the phone because he was just scared to come out in public because uh, of COVID. And the judge says, well, what do you think? And he said, well, judge, he said, quite frankly, I'm going to leave it up to you because Mr. Tyre has been um, a good citizen longer than I've been alive. And so I don't have anything I can really say. So he was silent. There's nothing he can say. And that's the way it's going to be in the courtroom and the judge because of who Jesus is. Nobody can bring an accusation against God's elect. And God has given us a new place. He's gotten rid of our old life. But when that happens, there has to be the Spirit of God coming. There has to be a change of mind, a change of direction, a change of houses. You can't go on with your plans or you will be like Judas who goes out and it's dark. Instead of the light being turned on by the Spirit of God so you can see the things that God is doing around you. And you'll desire to have power to go out and serve other people instead of keep serving yourself. Keep doing it for yourself. That's what the devil wants. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. So there's a transcript. Here's a transcript. It was sent and, the, and, and Jesus delivered it. He is the living word of God. He's everything that God is, the Father has ever said. He's the heart of God. He's the perfect representation of God. And he spoke to these boys while he's present. But the helper, the spirit is going to come and his power, his authority, his nature. And he's going to teach us all things and bring it to our remembrance if we put it in our heart. And guess what? He is our peace. Ephesians tells us he is our peace. Now look what he says. Peace I leave with you. Well, uh, what do you mean? The Holy Spirit brings peace. When you know there's fruit in your life and the spirit of God is living in your life, Jesus is our peace. He is our peace. It's not, it's, it's not that Romans 5, 1, where we have peace with God through his sacrifice. It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that is in your heart and rests in your heart, no matter what the storms look like. See, the world goes, we have peace now. We've signed a peace treaty. And as long as nobody else shoots another bullet, we'll have peace. See, in God's kingdom, they can shoot all the bullets they want because they can't hurt you. You can have peace knowing that everything that's going on, you've been, you've been covered in the blood. You've got peace no matter how bad the storm gets. See, it's a dangerous thing. My wife used to say, uh, it's getting pretty windy and crazy outside. Uh, do you think we should go to the basement? And I'm like, no, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. 
<laughs> I heard a noise in there. So? <laughs> I don't care. I'm okay. They better not come in here. <laughs> they better stay out there robbing the place. <laughs> she used to always say I would go, ah, I'm scared. Will you go check? Because that's what I would say to her. You go check. I'm not going to go check. Anyway. Listen, you can have peace no matter what's going on. If you're living according to the Spirit, according to the Word of God, following God. But that peace ain't there. You'll be afraid. Everything they say, you're going to be in fear. Everything that goes on, you're going to go, what's going to happen now? You're going to be walking on sand, and it, it, there's, no, there's no solid ground. But when you have Jesus, and you have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and transforming you, and conforming you into the bride of Christ, and you know He's there, and you believe Him, you don't have to let your heart be troubled anymore. You know that He's building a, a, a dwelling place for you. You know that He's a perfect provider. He laid down His life for you. So peace, peace, it's irene. It means rest. It means quietness. It implies prosperity, but it's not peace in the physical. It's peace in the spiritual. War can happen. Storms can happen. Fights can happen. Pain can happen. Death can happen. But you still got peace in the spiritual realm because of irene, because he left us peace. Because the peace that we, the war that we have was with God, not with people. The war that we have is with God, not with your spouse. You're fighting God. You're not becoming the man that God called you to be. You're not becoming the wife that God called you to be. You're not becoming the worker that God called you to be. Your battle is with God. He left you everything you need. It's not a physical battle because we're in the spiritual realm. It's the tranquil, I wrote this down and I changed it into my own wording, but it's the tranquil state of a soul assured of salvation and a relationship with Christ through Christ. And so fearing nothing, so fearing nothing from God and is content with their earthly lot, with everything that's going on. That's the peace he leaves us. The world's peace is absence of conflict. And oh, can't we just all get along? Can't you just agree that it's okay that they're like that? That way, if we agree, then we can all be together. And all of us can go, mm, and, and focus on our belly button and the lint that's in it. And there can be this conversion. And we all just be living together as one. Imagine there's no heaven, no earth or no, no hell below us, above us only sky. That's what they want you to imagine as they sing it to you. Just imagine there's no God. Imagine that we're all just getting along in our perfect harmony. It's easy if you try. That's, that's what John Lennon would tell you. It's easy if you try. It's easy to go on living in the flesh. It's very hard to surrender to the work of the Spirit. It's easy to imagine there's no heaven because the whole spirit of the world wants you to believe that and your flesh wants you to believe that and the devil wants you to believe that. Oh, but that's just a song, Greg. We're just listening to it. 
No, it's a demonic song. It was an invasion of the devil. It wasn't an invasion of the Beatles. It's a spiritual realm. I got a pastor that I like a whole lot, but he's always quoting the Beatles songs. And I'm like, are you nuts? My favorite one, though, he says, didn't you guys get it? They were in rebellion. They said, help, I need somebody. Not just anybody. Help. They didn't know who they needed. I'm telling you, you need the Spirit of God. Anyway. You can listen to the music. You can listen to their books. You can watch the fruit of their lives, and you know who they're serving. Christ gives us peace. Now you got people that are in the kingdom of God, and they and they say, "Oh, I know Jesus," but are you walking in the spirit or in the flesh? How are you living? Are you pursuing the physical or the spiritual? Do you care if you keep His word or not? Do you care what His word says? He wrote us a book. He wrote us a transcript. Oh, we can go back and read it. Even if somebody put it on microfilm and changed it, we can go back and read it. We can learn about it. Because the Holy Spirit is here. And He's given us peace. And it's not like the world gives. Notice this distinction. See, there's worldly peace and there's God's peace. Everything. There's God and then there's the world that lies underneath the sway of the wicked one. It's in everything that you look at. God gave us natural food even. Animals. Crops. The world, they're putting poison. And medicine. They're changing everything. Because they don't know God. God already made everything good. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's a choice to let. That's a choice to trade your sorrows, to trade your shame. That's a choice to trade your sickness, to trade your pain. That's a choice. I'm believing God, and this is not the end of it all. I have a new dwelling place in the heavenlies, and I'm just here to be a witness. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back. He's already said that. If I go away, I'll come back again and receive you to myself. That was in the early 14. If you love me, you would rejoice. You'd have joy because of this. We know he's coming back. That's our heavenly hope. And why, why are we having joy? Because he's going to the Father, and the Father is greater. The Father doesn't have the flesh. The Father's the one that was his word. The Father's the one that, that, that wrote the plan and sent the plan and sent the Son. The Father is God. Now you guys are like, well, he said he was the Father because he's the heart of God. He's the express image of God. These three are perfectly one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is in your heart. And now I have told you before it comes, he's telling us before it happens, and when it does come to pass, and it will, you may believe. Pistio, trust your spiritual well-being into me because I told you it was going to happen. I will no longer talk much with you. He's not going to say too much more. He's already spoken. For the ruler of this world, prince of this world, King James, chief of this world, is coming. See, Christ is coming, but the Antichrist is coming first. And many are going to be deceived and follow the Antichrist spirit that is providing physical help but takes your eyes off the spiritual. 
Listen to me. God is testing us. Are you going to follow the Spirit and listen to the Word and believe what I say and hear my voice and follow me out of this grave? Or are you going to listen to the one who can give you a tour and sell it all to you and stay in the world chasing the silver and be like Judas that goes out and it's dark? That's all he's saying. He's coming, but he has nothing in me because there's absolutely nothing in Christ they're not the opposite, though. Don't get confused and think they're the opposite. There is no opposite of God. But there is no death in God. There's only life in that more abundantly. But, verse 31, but that the world may know, this is the evidence, but the world may have intimacy with me, gnoskos, that I love the Father. How do we know that he loves the Father? How could you know that? How could we know Jesus knows the Father? The same way we know if we love God when we obey. Look what he says. Look, so that you know that I love the Father, as the Father gave me commandment, I do it. So I do. He's fulfilling it. He's doing what he was told to do. And then he says, let us go from here. See, we don't need to stay here sedentary as a Christian. We're supposed to grow. And when we hear the voice of God and the word of God, we're supposed to follow. We're not supposed to stay in the same place for 30 years. We're supposed to be maturing and growing and going and leaving these elementary principles and going on to the higher things of God. But some people, even though they're going to be in heaven, they never listen to the spirit of God. They never change their mind except for to believe in Jesus. Now let's look at Genesis 18. We're almost done. I'm going to read really, really fast, like really, really fast, two chapters. You guys are like, this guy's psycho. You know what? I'm not going to do it. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and close. What I'm going to do is listen to the Holy Spirit. And next week, listen, I want you to do homework. Read 18 and 19, Genesis because when you read in the Old Testament, you have the rock-solid foundation of the New Testament. So Abraham is a type of the Spirit. He's following God. Abraham's life, the father of many nations, is following God by the Spirit. And Lot, his nephew, is a type of the flesh. He's following in the flesh. And I'm going to set that up, and I'll just teach 18 and 19 next week and let you see the difference where Abraham washes God's feet when he comes he god comes and has a meal with abraham seated at the table with him but god wouldn't even go into sodom and gomorrah he sent his angels down there he wouldn't go even near lot's house he didn't come and make his home with lot because lot was not listening even though he was saved because the bible calls him righteous lot in the new testament he didn't come down and make a home with him he came down and said hey angels get lot out of there so i can destroy and bring judgment upon sodom and gomorrah Listen to me. Lot didn't offer to wash your, even the angels' feet. He said, come on and stay in my house and you can wash your feet. There's a clear difference between the character and the nature of the spirit and the character and the nature of one who's pursuing the world in the flesh. Listen to me. And the world's not going to accept either one of those Christians. See, we think that we're comfortable and I can go to the world and I can be their counsel. If you say you're a Christian, you're done. Because of everything that goes with it. 
So Lot is already told, you, weren't you coming here trying to act like you're a boss of us? We'll do you the same way we're going to do to them. And that's what they're doing right now. They're telling anybody that even remotely believes in Jesus, you're done. You're kicked out the same way the nation of Israel did it. They said, if you even believe that he's the Messiah, we're going to excommunicate you. Now, if you even believe Jesus is the Messiah, you're going to get kicked out of the world. You're going to get counseled. You have to believe their lies and their deception and their funny alphabet and everything else that they have with this soup that they want you to drink and trade your salvation for the same way that Esau did for a bowl of soup, alphabet soup it is. Who are you going to live for? Listen, I'm going to teach 18 and 19 next week, and we'll just interrupt John 14. Because we're going to get up and go, and we have to know how are we going to go for chapter 15. Are we going to go in the Spirit, or are we going to go the way Lot did, still pursuing the world? Because God gave them both a clear example. There arose a dispute. You can read about it in 17. There arose a dispute between Lot's workers and Abraham's workers. And Abraham said, just like the Spirit would say, I'll give you a choice. Where do you want to go? If you choose the right, I'll go to the left. If you choose the left, I'll go to the right. And Lot, the flesh, will always choose the world. It'll always choose. So he chose Sodom and Gomorrah. Guess what? Even the spirit, Abraham had to come down and rescue him once. Five kings came and attacked Sodom and Gomorrah. Four kings that was in league with Sodom and Gomorrah could not handle those five kings. But 380 trained men with Abraham went and whooped them all and brought Lot back. That's amazing stuff if you look at it in the spiritual realm. If you look at it as physical, it, it means nothing. Did Abraham want rewards from the world? No. He said, here, here, we're going to give you all of this stuff. He said, I don't want none of it. Restore those guys that went with me, give their money back, but I don't want none of it. You're not going to say that you gave me something and made Abraham strong. I got everything that I got from the kingdom of heaven. And I'm going to keep getting it from there because I'm going to follow the Spirit of God. Not perfectly. Abraham lied twice, went down to Egypt and lied twice. Told his wife, say, tell him you're my sister. Think about that. If your wife is 80 years old and you have to say, hey, you're a babe still. Tell them, tell them you're my sister so they won't kill me so they can get you. That's pretty awesome to me. But beauty's only skin deep. Beauty comes from a heart. Beauty comes from somebody following the Spirit. And it's amazing how people get more beautiful as they walk with God. Because you notice their spirit instead of their flesh. Father, we thank you and we ask, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us and not to the world. But as we go to the world as witnesses, as we live out loud in front of them and speak your word to them that you've given us command to do, we pray, Lord, that they would be struck in their conscience and they would believe your word by the power of your spirit and they would come to salvation and they would become brothers and sisters of ours and not our enemy, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Pour it out upon us, afresh and anew. Give us a desire to go out and learn your word and keep your word and hear your voice and to be led by your spirit for your glory for such a time as this. We give you praise. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you.
And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear?